Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Thursday the 6th of April. Today I am joined for the last time this week by Duncan Balkan, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there Duncan, how are you doing today? Hi Peter, I'm great thank you, how are you? Oh, very well thank you, very well. Uh, keeping it real over here at... Uh, Watson household. Um, we've got. I just put a barbecue together. Um, although the weather's not not right for it at the moment, and uh, getting very excited about uh, taking my dog out for her first walk outside. Um, oh, she's jabbed up. Yeah. So basically, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so so that's going to be very exciting. Although we're not really going to be able to get very far. I don't think. Uh, but anyway, um, she is quite small to be fair to her. <laughs> she is small. She is small. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, um, yeah, I, I never let short legs, uh, you know, hold me back of get, get going, dis- going distances. Um, so anyway, um, I will, um, yeah. So, uh, today loads of stuff in today's Watson's daily. Um, we had stories about Swiss government cutting, uh, credit Suisse bonuses, um, hedge funds absolutely raking it in on um, on the, you know on the recent banking turmoil. Um, we've got uh, something else that I'm, that I'm going to be talking about here. Um, Vanguard, uh, le- le- you know, potentially leaving China, which which could be which is very interesting because obviously Vanguard is massive. Um, and we've got tech stuff as well. Uh, a bit of M and A uh, within 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 tech. Um, we've got uh, car news as well with with um, you know some record record car sales in the in the UK and uh, thoughts on that. Um, there's also uh, a load of other sort of stuff about US jobs data, how um, UK confidence is looking like it's getting better. Um, Inditex trying to get out of its Russia business um, and. Also, which I thought was very interesting, was uh, Franco Manca, uh, the owner of Franco Manca, which is um, called Fulham Shaw, um, has been bought out, which is quite amazing. Because, you know, I thought this was interesting because Franco Manca and the real Greek, so they both owned by the same owner, um, done really well, you know, all the way through. In fact, I'd say before uh, before the, um, you know, the pandemic and everything, um, it was interesting with regard to, uh, uh, you know, the uh, Fulham Shore because they were one of the only tr- um, chain restaurant groups to actually do well. Um, because you remember there was there was a whole spate of restaurants and th- you know chain restaurants and things going under, um, and Franco Manca was doing really really well. So this is interesting because usually you'd see them being bought out at a low point or whatever but you know they're doing really well so mm. yeah, so anyway so there's that there's a few other th- bits <clears throat> anyway that aside um what uh story would you like to talk about today yeah so i, I think our story uh originally from the financial times uh and yep. it's about cloud computer uh-huh. and amazon so yeah a few buzzwords in there for anyone looking for a like a mm-hmm. commercial owner's bingo um we are <laughs> And basically, these the two companies, Microsoft and Amazon, obviously both huge companies in their own right. Um, but they've attracted the attention of Ofcom, which is obviously normally a good thing for a company of any size. Uh, mm. And they've attracted their attention because of their dominance of the UK's uh, cloud computing market. 
Mm. Uh, think of cloud computing, you think of companies like Microsoft, Amazon, and Google, and you probably don't put that much more thought into it than that. But it turns out that Amazon and Microsoft's uh, Azure platform uh, control sixty to seventy percent of the UK's marketplace That's in huge. cloud computing, That's... which is enormous. Yeah, I, I would, I would have thought, yeah, okay, they're both big names, but I would have put Google kind of right up there with them. Uh, yeah. It turns out Google actually have between five and ten third in yeah. that ranking. So you're looking at a massive kind of, if you average the the 70% out at 35% each, I know it won't mm. be exact. You're looking mm. at nearly 30% less Google, yeah. which is yeah. staggering because you think of you think of cloud um, storage, I would imagine, and one of the first names you think of would be Google. Mm. So see, uh, this amount of dominance in any marketplace isn't a particularly good thing in the eyes of regulators. Um, mm -hmm. So Ofcom are considered referring this to the Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA, yeah, um, which I find interesting because normally that happens when one company has too much dominance in the marketplace because obviously yeah. that then becomes anti-competitive. Um, yeah. Pricing particularly can become anti-competitive. But mm -hmm. you companies like Amazon and Microsoft vying are kind of for that kind of controlling share in the marketplace. You'd think yeah. that you wouldn't get competitive pricing. Because mm, I, I feel mm. like the, the chance of those two kind of colluding to come up with a, a price they want to charge is probably unlikely, <laughs> or yeah. even like bouncing up. So, mm. uh, first, I think I, it's interesting because of the sheer like percentage of the marketplace they hold between them. But yeah. also, I think because obviously being referred to the CMA is one thing, but what actually can they do about this? And like, mm. are there actually any alternatives? Because how do you sit there and slap the cuffs on two companies and go, well done, you've done a great job of kind of developing your businesses in these areas and you've taken over the marketplace between you and stop, please. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's very interesting. It's an interesting thing. Like I said, staggering for me, Google are so far behind. Um, mm. But uh, kind of saying they're, they're doing their report um, and they're going to make a final decision on whether to refer it or not to the CMA by kind of October this year. So, yet. Um, mm -hmm. But you, you'd feel because of the sheer percentage, the CMA will want to get involved. Uh, I'm mm. just not really sure how they or what can do. They can suggest, and like I said, the alternatives. Um, mm. So yeah, what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, it reminds me a bit um, of what went on a long time ago um, with regard to British Telecom, because British Telecom used to have pretty much the monopoly of. Um, uh, telephones in the UK and the network and everything and um, the competition uh, regulator got involved and essentially forced BT to essentially give up um, parts of its network to direct competitors um, and you know I, I think to, so my memory's a bit misty really, but I do think it was a bit like they BT had the network and then you know so um rivals were able to piggyback off that but then the last thing or i think it's called the last mile it might be the last mile in another industry in delivery industry i'm not quite sure but you know hmm. we'll call it the last mile so the bit that that goes that connects you from the network to your abode um you know that that bit is kind of the responsibility of um of the you know of the rival to bt and i and that worked you know because there were a lot lots of uh i mean it was obviously very contentious but and then you of course what then happens 
is um, if you have a problem, let's say you, you've got on, um, I don't know, whatever it was at that point, like Virgin or something, um, you, you know, they would, you have a problem, they would blame it. Virgin would say, oh, no, see, it's, uh, it's BT, BT's network. And BT would go, oh, no, it's not us. It's, it's Virgin. You know, it's Virgin. And, um, yeah, you get that, all those kinds of fun conversations, uh, et cetera. Mm. Um, but I don't know how it will work here. Um, you know, if the, it sounds to me like the competition and markets authority should get involved because that is such a huge market share. And the third position of, you know, a, uh, a try hard um, little company that people might have heard of called Google um, is, a, is a very, very distant third. So mm. it looks to me like they should do something. But what are they going to do and how are they going to do it? Because with BT, I suppose there was there was a physical network and physical wiring that you that, you, you know, you could you could divvy up. <clears throat> but with cloud computing, not quite sure what they can do or how they can do it. You know, it's not like they're going to go. Well, I wouldn't have thought they're going to go right. Um, new, you know, Newco, we'll call the new company, Newco. Newco. So, right, like, Newco, you're you're in here. Um, you know, you you you'll get. We want you to to um, you know provide uh, cloud uh, computing capability, so you can have um, half of this data. You know, this this I don't know data farm or whatever they call it. You know, and you can have this, and that that's from uh, you know that that's from you know Microsoft. I don't think you can do. I don't. Wouldn't imagine you can do that. But anyway, it, it just sounds I like an internet security risk, doesn't it? Mm. Information like that, and I think that's the other thing that might. For consumers, if you were told you had the choice of selecting between a supplier like Microsoft or uh, a subsidiary or a, another company using the infrastructure of Microsoft, mm. I would wager that even though it might be slightly more expensive to go direct, most consumers would probably rather trust that sort of thing to the company they've heard yeah. of. Particularly, yeah. I think, with a lot of people not really being sure about what is or and you know, kind of typical distrust of technology you don't understand. I think it might be quite difficult for them to force people that that sort of divvying up of 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 kind of, of consumers to happen because people yeah. I think will be more likely to trust the well known company. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think so. That's just, yes. With with um with cloud computing, yes, you want you want to go with a company you've heard of. Um, so at the very least, they should at least help Google. You would have thought because then then yeah. there's a, then then it's a three horse race. Although you could think, well, what about, you know, what about, I wonder whether they would approach companies like BT or Virgin Media, you know, Virgin Media, um, mm. you know, that's, I wonder whether they would be approached and then there would be an, you know, a, a number of competing uh, offerings. But, uh, you know, this is obviously speculation at this stage because I, I don't know, they, I don't think they've got that far, but it just seems to me that it's crying out for more competition. And, hope, and hopefully fairly soon. Um, but it'll be interesting mm. to see whether, like I say, whether this actually does get referred to the CMA. And if it does, what they actually do about it. Mm. Um, because, I, yeah, I, I, no doubt they'll be more inventive than, <laughs> than certainly than me with ideas on what they mm. can do about it. Mm. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what they go with. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, like I said, that that was my my favourite story from today's Watson's Daily. Uh, what was yours? Um, well, I'm going to be um, talking about uh, an ETF, a defence ETF. Now, 
again this people might go what what's that you know and so let's rewind and unpack shall we i hate that i hate that phrase uh <laughs> unpack let's unpack this right so let's get we get our uh, let's get our suitcase open the suitcase and unpack so in terms of what has been going on um you know there, there's obviously there's the war that has been going on uh in in ukraine um this has um actually exposed esg funds by the way there's a lot of acronyms in in what i'm about to say so you know uh but anyway the esg funds have really suffered because they have not been able to invest in defense companies because it goes against their kind of investment guidelines in that they're not allowed to or don't want to um, invest in companies that make stuff for wars um and so which makes sense to be fair yes <laughs> from an and ESG. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, they um, they lost out massively last year in terms of performance versus other funds that didn't have that did didn't operate under those restrictions. Uh, and a lot of investors have since said, "Well, look, this is wrong." Or investors and politicians have said, "Look, it's wrong." Um, the def- our defence companies have suffered as a result of more um, investors not being allowed to invest. Um, in there because they're investing in ESG funds um, and now look what's going on so um, so anyway um, a lot of companies have been saying we should be allowed to invest in defense stocks because it's not just about offense it's defense as well so um, so therefore you know they're the they we should be free to do this so that we can fully participate in any performance um, of those sectors and of course defence sectors have got a massive uh, boost over the last year because many countries and governments are increasing their defence spending quite considerably as a result of them either being scared of what's happening with Russia or scared about what China might do as well. So um, so anyway, so uh, that said, um, what has happened is um, there has been the... Um, so there was a launch yesterday of the first European defence ETF. Um, so it was started trading yesterday um, in London and Germany, sorry, in UK and Germany. Um, but also there are plans to expand, uh, expand this in Switzerland uh, and in Italy as well. Now, the what is an ETF? I was trying, I was thinking actually just, had a thought um while we were going on air you know like i pressed the button i thought oh yeah what about this <laughs> so uh if you can imagine right um buying buying um stocks is like going into an old-fashioned sweet shop right and saying i want two of those lollies two of those chews and one sherbet whatever dib dab whatever right and you're picking and you have to make sure that this is the stuff that you want because you're investing your hard-earned pocket money right or you could go in and you could say to the sweet shop owner i'd like a i'd like a mystery bag please uh actually not a mystery bag i would like a fruity bag (laughs) I don't know where this goes. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking. I, I can kind of see like, where you're going, but keep going. Keep I going. like a, I'd like a fr- I'd like a fruity bag, please. Right, yeah. and he would put in those. He or she, of course, um, would put in 
um, maybe, um, you know, strawberry flavors or lemon flavored sweets into a bag that you don't know, you're, but you're going to pay, let's say, you know, uh, 50p or whatever, you know, for this for this bag. You don't know what you've got in it, but you know you're going to like it because it's got fruity stuff that you wanted, right? Yeah. Same kind of thing with ETF. ETF is essentially... Uh, it can be it can be various different things, but in this sense, in this case, it's a bag of um, defense companies, um, and it's not just any companies. There has been a screening as well, um, so um, it, any companies that are involved with cluster weapons, anti-personnel mines, and chemical weapons have been excluded. Um, from the from you know what's in this ETF, so the idea is that investors can invest with a reasonably uh, clear conscience because it means they will get some exposure to the upside of the defence sector in general, but they will also be able to satisfy some ESG concerns um, with the fact that you know th- there's this kind of overlay um, of the defence sector according to various parameters. So it's, this is the first one that you, you know for Europe. There has been one that um, that uh, BlackRock started a while ago um, that uh, you know a U.S. defense ETF. So I think it's great that there is now a European um, ETF. And uh, yeah, so I just thought it was interesting because you don't often see stuff like this. Um, and it, this what this means is. So the reason why you would buy into an ETF rather than the individual stock is because you are trying to minimize the risk. The more that you the more different stocks that are in the um, in, you know, wrapped up in your in your ETF, the lower the risk is the theory. You know, versus and that's because you're you're basically backing a sector rather than an individual company, right? Yes. Yes. So you are spreading, you know, you are spreading your bets within that asset class, you know, within the theme of the ETF. Um, Whereas if you were to buy your own, um, you know, like each individual stock, you would have much more risk. Uh, You know, you'd have much more risk involved. I mean, I think a good way potentially of thinking about this is if you were to imagine a range or and, and, and at one end, you have the uh, like buying a single stock that's the you know a risk that is the highest risk but at the other end you've got a tracker fund of let's say a FTSE 100 tracker fund which is supposed to reflect what is in the FTSE 100 and then in the middle somewhere is perhaps ETF like a defense ETF it's got a theme um you know and it has underlying assets um yeah so i think that's it's a it's a good story it's an interesting story um and it does it will be i'll be fascinated to see how it does over the next few weeks um because i would have thought that this ticks a lot of boxes but the thing is i don't know why they've left it so late i mean you would have thought that they'd have done it before now yeah that does feel like it's a, a little bit behind behind the game in terms of, of when it's starting mm. but i think we, we were talking earlier we say like that might be because with, particularly with the uh, russia ukraine conflict i think a lot of people thought it wasn't going to last as long as it has yeah uh, and 
you have to say foreseeably it was probably going to go on for quite a bit longer. So mm. actually, it might be a little bit late to the party in that sense. Um, yeah. The ETF, not the and <laughs> yeah. therefore, but you can see why you'd still potentially invest in this because you can see that actually defense companies are probably going to quite well. Yeah, um, that's a horrible thing to say. I know defense companies doing well, but mm. you know, what I mean, they're going to continue to do to do well over the, the kind of years because actually more and more countries that seem to be falling out at the moment. It's not just Russia and Ukraine. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's it's not a nice, it's a no. nice uh, thing to be talking about in terms of the actual subject matter, but the companies that are involved themselves, you can see doing well out of it. So, yeah. I agree with you. It does feel a little bit late to the, a little bit late to the party in that sense. Mm. So, there we go. I mean, I, it's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting thing. doesn't happen that often. And, um, you know, is a way for uh, it looks like a way forward. For, I think surely there will be other ETFs like this. You would have thought, um, yeah. because yeah, because then you could. I think you can split it down even further. Um, but so, but anyway, but there you go. So um, I guess we'll leave it there um, for mm. this for for this particular uh, you know uh, edition. Um, and to say, as I always do, uh, that today's Thursday. Um, there are, uh, I do a roundup of the week's news. If you are a bronze or silver subscriber to Watson's Daily, um, I go through the week, I show you how it's, uh, I show you how things have developed, um, and then we debate a couple of topics. So, um, if you are up for that and a bronze or silver subscriber, um, then please come along. If you're not, why not? Uh, but other than that, <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you very much indeed, Duncan. Um, absolutely brilliant to talk to you as always. Um, so me. thank you, no problem. And <clears throat> thank you very much for the listeners for listening to us and spending a bit of time, a bit of quality time with us here at Watson's Daily. Uh, anyway, thank you very much indeed. Have a great day, whatever you're doing, and we'll be back again. To- uh, no, we won't be back again tomorrow because tomorrow is Good Friday. But anyway, uh, have a great Easter. We'll be back again next week. Yes. Have a great Easter. Absolutely. <laughs> everyone. You, Duncan, everyone. Chocolate. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> did, did you see, you know, there was a, I put something in at the end of Watson's Daily today about a, um, an, East, an Easter egg um, that has a southern fried uh, Easter egg coating, <laughs> but with chocolate inside. <laughs> Sounds really strange. But anyway, um, you know, for those of you who like something a little bit unusual, there you go. Uh, anyway, thanks a lot. Have a great day. We'll be back again next week. Many thanks. Bye.